What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? It is Friday, November 11th. It's 11-11, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there who's served or has someone in their family who's served. We are just past the halfway point in the NFL season. We are going to go through today. Uh, we're going to bring you some injury updates across the league, of course, as we always do. And then we're going to go through and we're going to look at some guys that are basically what we call roster cloggers at the moment. And we're going to figure out what we're going to do with each one of these different guys. So they're not necessarily guys that need to be dropped, but just guys that are on a majority of leagues out there or on teams in a majority of leagues out there and just haven't been producing or have been inconsistent. And so we're going to decide what you need to do with those players moving forward as you get closer to the fantasy playoffs. How you doing today, Rich? I'm doing good. Where are we at as far as uh, all of our fantasy records are standing? Uh, in one league, let me have to pull them up. I don't know if I remember them off the top of my head. In one league, I'm in first place. I am 7-2. and two. In another league, I'm struggling a bit. I'm on a three-game losing streak. I'm 3-6. and six. And Is that our redraft league? Yes. And in the dynasty, I am 5-4. and four. Scuffling a little bit there, too. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. Yeah. Gotcha. What about you, Ry? Uh, I am five and four in two of my redraft leagues, and then four and five in dynasty and my other redraft league. Nice. Yeah, I'm tank commander in the dynasty and in third place in redraft. But in the redraft, I am uh like tied for the most amount of points. Almost, I'm I'm a little bit behind, but uh, my points total is really good. So mm-hmm. and. I'm looking really, my team's actually healthy in the back end of the season, so definitely looking to make a push for, uh, you know, it could it could, it could end up swinging into a, uh, a bye first week, so, you know, that's nice. Yeah, but, you're still a game up on Casino in our Dynasty League. So. Right, tank commanding, though. <laughs> we're, we're tanking at this point. Well, I'm not, I don't have to try to tank, but I guys stink. <laughs> it's been a rough season. It's unfortunate. Some injuries and... Yeah, the 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 entire season just encompassed by one player, and that is Cam Akers, and that's it, 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 he he basically uh, broke bad juju on the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, All right. So speaking of some injuries, we'll get into some injury updates that took place this week. So DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, and Damian Pierce, who had all been listed as questionable throughout the week, have all lost their injury tags ahead of their games this upcoming week. Taylor and Pierce should be a full go. Swift, we'll see if he's a full go. You can't really, you know, with the way the Lions have been playing him the last few weeks. Apparently he was frustrated with the role that he had last week, and he wanted to be out there more. But, you know, they said they increased his role this week, but what does that mean? Does he get, like, 12 snaps now? Yeah, I know. He had 10 snaps last week, so I don't know what an increased role necessarily means. He No injury designation, so maybe he's fully healthy and they can finally get back to using him the way they want to. But uh, he's a risky, he's, he's he's a nervous start. If you have him, you probably have to start him because, I mean, he's been efficient even with his limited snap counts out there. Yeah, sure. So even if it goes up a little bit, you know, to 15, 20 snaps, something like that, maybe he gets you at least 10, 12 points. But, and then there's always the potential that he's back to his normal role and he gets you close to 20 or so points. Aside from that, Aaron Jones returned to practice on Friday. Zeke is expected to play. How do you feel about those two guys, Rich? Uh, we'll get into Zeke more later. But yeah, if Aaron Jones plays, I'm going to fire him up. I have him in the Dynasty League, and if he plays, I'm starting him. All right. And then moving to some quarterback injuries. This is tough because we've got four teams on the bye, and you typically are going to use Lamar Jackson and Joe Barrow if you have them. So in addition to that, we've got Josh Allen, who is hour to hour. What does that to- even mean? Like. We talked about this, man. It means they call him every hour to check up on his elbow and see how it is. Let <laughs> me just call it what it is, like a game time decision. Yeah. He's probably not playing this week. It would probably no, be best to just let him rest and, and let the elbow get healed and for sure. take this game off and then come back and, you know, have a better game. Who are they playing this week? The Vikings. The Vikings. Okay. So, yeah, they might kind of need him for that game. But at the same time, you know, maybe not. It doesn't really affect the AFC standings too much. More of an NFC thing. Another lucky break for the Vikings. Uh, Kyler Murray's hamstring injury. Looks like he He's returned to practice. He's a game-time decision. 
across the field from the Arizona Cardinals are playing the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford is in the concussion protocol. He entered in on Tuesday, so late entry into that. He's apparently he does apparently doesn't have a concussion, so he's progressing through it rather quickly. But he also looks like he's going to be a, a game day or not a game time or not game time, but game day decision. I guess so. That's a really funny thing I to say out loud. Heard that correctly? Yeah. He doesn't have a concussion, but he's in the concussion protocol. Yes, that was not a mistake. That's, so that's what happened. Yes, they put him in the pr- protocol as a precaution. Yeah, it's uh, it's some real double talk right there. They're taking this head injury stuff very seriously lately. So yeah, when I again, I don't know. They put him in on Tuesday. We talked about this. He might have slipped and fell in the shower, and they weren't sure if he had a concussion or not. So they entered him in the protocol just to be safe. But now he still has to clear it in order to make it in time. Uh. I don't know that 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 game could be. Uh, those games are always interesting between the Rams and the Cardinals there in that division. But uh, especially with both these guys banged up, potentially not playing, I just that looks like it could be that very could end up being the worst game. <laughs> you get two backup quarterbacks behind those offensive lines, and uh, yeah, who, who's, who's backing up Stafford? So uh, John Warford. 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 Yeah. Uh, he's been on the team a few years. He actually started for them and beat the Arizona Cardinals in his rookie season two years ago as a starter for him. I think it was the last week 17 of that season. Yeah, that's right. That's when they benched Jared Goff. Yeah, so he has beaten the Cardinals before in a spot start. I do not know who the Cardinals' backup quarterback is. Do you? I don't off the top of my head, but I'm interested now. Man, there's he's been in the league for four years. Up. Uh, I don't, yeah. Cool, you learn about a new player every day. <laughs> yeah. And I believe the Rams are six and one against the Cardinals in their last seven games or so, something like that. So uh, I don't know. It's going to affect more of the pass catchers on that team. Is there, Colt McCoy? So it's going to be Colt McCoy versus John Wolford. Is there a double XP uh, weekend in COD for Kyler to catch up on while he's out? Or <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. We have to check into that. Yeah, we'll have to take a look at that. Well, that will add up to the ref stats. Uh, List. Kyler could be a must-start in your fantasy esports leagues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you might be interested in, in redraft leagues starting the defenses on these teams then, with the quarterbacks being out, the offense is already struggling to begin with. So yeah, Cardinals defense play. probably more. So assuming they don't Rams, play. Yeah. And then Tannehill is still dealing with an ankle injury. He is a game-time decision. I don't know if you're starting Tannehill even if he plays. He said before that even if he's cleared to play or goes back to playing, he's probably going to be dealing with some pain for a while. So it's a low-volume pass game to begin with. Most of his pass catchers are banged up, and he's still dealing with injury himself. For the Las Vegas Raiders, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro both went on to IR, so they are both going to miss the next four games. So that's uh, stocks up for Matt Collins. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Big time. I don't know that that does anything for anybody out there he, anywhere. He, he could be a flyer off in a flex on a weird buy. Yeah, for sure. You get four teams on a buy. No Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins this week. And then David Njoku, tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He has already been ruled out for this week, despite his you know inklings earlier in the week that he was going to play. Romeo Dobbs has been ruled out for the Green Bay Packers, dealing with an ankle injury still. He's probably going to miss a few weeks. We're going to go through this every week where he's going to be out. You should just IR him. Yeah, well, they're not going to do that. But I don't know if you've noticed this, but in ESPN this year, once somebody has been declared out, you can put them on IR, and they maintain an injury tag. You don't have to move them out of IR until they actually lose the injury tag again. So if he's questionable all week, you can leave him in the IR and still add and drop players and things like that, where like before you couldn't make those moves unless somebody was out or on IR. Interesting. So, yeah, I've noticed it in the leagues that I've played in. So Keenan Allen is out again. He said before he's not going to play until he's 100%. I don't know how much, I don't know how many more games it's going to take for him to get to 100%. I mean, he had a setback, you know, two weeks ago or something. You got Mike Williams out. That's, you know, the Chargers offense is just falling apart there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. It's rough. Jahan Dotson returned to practice. I don't believe he's going to play. I think that, you know, again, he's had his window activated. He's returned to practice, but I'm not sure that he's going to play. No, if you want to double check yeah, that, we'll, is that what we'll you're doing? Look at, yeah, we we'll look at it. All right, you look you look that up. And we're gonna move on. Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins were both back at practice. They both have the potential to play. Brandon Cooks is less of an injury and more of a dissatisfaction with the team. 
is what's going on with him. He could potentially sit out. What's the deal with Jahan Dawson? He was a full participant today. Full participant, yeah, full participant on Friday. They, they played the Monday game, so they say he's on track to play Monday. Okay, so Jahan Dotson might be available for you on Monday then. So stocks down for Terry McLaurin, unfortunately. And then, like I said, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins may both have a shot to play this week. Nico Collins seems like he's a game time decision. Last time I checked, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's like if the team buys him an ice cream cone or something before the game. <laughs> I don't know what's going to get him to play this week or not. And then Mike Evans and Alan Lazard are both off the injury report and good to go for this upcoming week. So that takes care of all the major injuries as far as fantasy is concerned. So let's jump over then into the theme of this episode, which is the roster cloggers. So these are guys who, again, they're not necessarily all... We're trying to figure out what to do with these guys because they are on at least 50% of ESPN rosters. But it's hard to start them on a week-to-week basis consistently, either due to their play, the quarterback play, injury, or things like that. So we're just going to go through some of these guys. We're going to kind of figure out, you know, what do we want to do with these guys going forward for the rest of the season? Do we want to try to move them, trade them, drop them? Uh, are we holding on to them? Are you still playing them? So that's just kind of what we're going to go through here. So we're going to do this in order based off of the roster percentage. So was, this was just one of those things where I kind of went through and I looked at some guys that were heavily rostered, where it's like, man, you've got to be disappointed with that. And I don't know how many, how so many teams still have them on the roster and are starting them. So the first guy is a guy that we were real big on this season was uh, Michael Pittman. He is rostered in 97.6% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Michael Pittman has not been a consistent fantasy producer this season, and they have Sam Ellinger under center right now. Doesn't look like it's going to get much better either. No. So what is our plan here with Michael Pittman Jr. for the season going forward? Are you still playing him? Are you trying to trade and get something for him at this point? So here is finishes on the season so far. Week 1, 27 points. Good for wide receiver 5. He didn't play in week two due to an injury. Week three, he had 15 points. He was wide receiver 27. Week four, he was wide receiver 58. Week five, wide receiver 37. Then in week six, he bounced back. He was wide receiver five. In the last three weeks, wide receiver 42, wide receiver 33, and wide receiver 47. He's a clip double. He has had 10 or more points in one of the past three games. So since his 26-point game in Jacksonville, he yeah he has just about as many points in the past three games as he had in that game. So with that being said, we've got the fantasy playoffs coming up. They play at the Las Vegas Raiders, which should be a good matchup this upcoming week. Then they are against Philadelphia, against Pittsburgh, at Dallas. They've got a bye in week 14, so before you hit the fantasy playoffs, and then Minnesota, Los Angeles, and the New York Giants is the rest of their schedule. So you know, Philly and Dallas, a little daunting. Not too much to worry about from the other defenses there. They're average or, above, or slightly above average, I would say. But, uh, yeah, Michael Pittman. Are you starting him? Do you, ha- you have any shares of Michael Pittman this I, season? I do. I have him in the Dynasty League. And, you know, I benched him last week. Um, I don't know. I think he's a guy who you can target certain matchups. Like, this week... Um, I think I'm rolling them out. I'd have to double-check my lineup. Um, but And the Pittsburgh matchup, I think he's viable that week. Other than that, though, I'm not sure you're going to feel comfortable playing him. So, as I'm saying, he's rostered 97.6% of leagues, but he's a guy that you're not really comfortable... Yeah, I am firing him up this week. ...playing. And it, well, I'm talking more of a... This is more of a redraft look at... Uh, these players at the moment. Dynasty, especially a deeper dynasty, it's different. Obviously, you're holding Michael yeah. Pittman. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm just saying, but, like, if you're playing him or not. Like, I, I will play him certain matchups. Like, I'm going to play him this week against the Raiders, and then I will play him against Pittsburgh in two weeks. Okay, so he's essentially, you're holding him on your team, and you're treating him as a flex play then. He's dropped out of, like, a wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver one, wide receiver two category, and he's now more of a yes. 
matchup based flex play. I mean, he, where we're at with yeah, him. he's PPR eighteen wide receiver, so he's not roster clogger material. He's just like just, he has eight weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah. though. That's why we're doing this is because yeah. like you can say it's like oh well he's wide receiver eighteen in the season. It's like yeah he was wide receiver five for two weeks, and then every week aside from that he was wide receiver twenty seven or worse. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's uh, sometimes uh, you know the stat averages for those are kind of. He's one of those impossible to pick uh, flex position guys really this year. Yeah. It's just like okay, cool. I really enjoy my five point four points for me. Thank yeah. you. And then you bench him, and then he has the game where he gets sixteen, seventeen fantasy points, and you know, throw him back out there, and another yeah. dud out of him. It's, yeah, it's just what I mean. Um, yeah, I'm kind of done with the experience myself. I went through this last year with him. I'm glad I uh, I have him on one team this year. I, I at the point where where I believe I benched him in the redraft league that I have him on, and I'm starting some other guys over him: T. Higgins, Chris Olave, and then I think I'm taking a shot on some other like higher upside play guys. But yeah, I'm just it's very disappointing for Michael Pittman, especially because not a lot of it's his fault. It has to do with how bad this team has been this season. Alright, next guy we're going to talk about is Keenan Allen, who is still rostered in 93.9% of leagues. Uh, that's a real roster clogger right there. So, I mean, I think the reason you he's still rostered that much is because of the way the ESPN injury designation has worked this year, with him being declared out and then never being healthy again. He might be on a lot of people's IRs, but yeah, that was surprising to me, because I was like, he hasn't played since, what, week two? Something like that, yeah. It was very early in the season. Yeah. So, if you had Keenan Allen, I mean, at this point, I guess you're holding on to him on your IR spot if you have him. Yeah. But if he's not on your IR spot and he's just taking up a space on your bench, what are you doing with that? It's hurting you. It's killing you. Would you be dropping him? Or at this point, if you're it. still holding on to him, are you... You have to think about it. So, yeah, I mean, if you... If, yeah. I'm sorry, he played week seven slightly where he re, you know he realized he wasn't like the full first go. half. Yeah, yeah. 3.1 points. So he's got a total this season of 13.7 points <laughs> in the two games that he's played. So I don't know if you if he's not on your IR, I don't know what you're doing still holding on to Keenan Allen at this point. You should have dropped him. So go out and do that this week if you can. At this point now, I'm scared of Doug because then this is you know, you know, and you know you know he comes back and then Herbert finally feel, heals up from his ribs you and the having to play against him in the playoffs. Oh man. Yeah. So they are playing the 49ers this go, go upcoming week. Away. That's what you should do. Yeah. Good luck. So the sorry, uh, the Chargers are playing the 49ers this upcoming week with Keenan Allen out, Mike Williams, you know, still out for the next few weeks or so. You're starting Josh Palmer is going to be the number one wide receiver for Justin Herbert because somebody has to catch passes there. You're starting Austin Eckler, and I think that's it from there. Tyler Higby has been very disappointing the last. Uh, Gerald Everett or, or Gerald Everett. I'm sorry, I mixed up the teams there. They've so. both been disappointing. <laughs> well, I think Gerald Everett's been a little bit better than Tyler Higby uh, the yeah. last few weeks though. So, I think so if you've been rolling with Gerald Everett, I guess just keep rolling because you probably don't have a better option. But and on the flip side of that, the 49ers, I think we're starting. Uh, for the Chargers, are we starting Justin Herbert at this point? I'm sitting him for uh, I'm starting Geno Smith over him this week. Starting Geno Smith over Justin. But I don't think that's a big. That's I'm a, just imagine yeah, saying that back yeah. in you know August when we're doing our season preview show, and someone would have said to us that you're going to be playing in Week Ten, right? Is it Week Ten? Yeah. Yep. Week ten, you will be starting Geno Smith over Justin Herbert. What would you have said? And, and it, it's really not that controversial to call either. <laughs> it's not. not even yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... Every time would, they would yeah. laugh, laugh about the building. Uh, uh, I'd be like, let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. football is so unpredictable, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's one of those things where you look at Herbert's wide receiver... Or, I'm sorry. Herbert is quarterback 13 on the season. So, he has had more games where he's paid off than not this season as a finishing inside the top 10. But, like, last week, 14 points against Atlanta, which should have been a great matchup. He just doesn't have the pass catchers out there, man. I think that's what you're going to have to accept. You're not going to get the 30-point games you were hoping when you drafted him. So. The offensive line's still banged up, too. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. It's a tough combination. Yep. I expect him to bounce back next year. Give him some time. Yeah. So... I guess if you have somebody like a Geno Smith, you'd start. I'd like QBA. Mike said I'd start him over. I'd start him over Justin Herbert. What about the opposite side of this game, Jimmy Garoppolo? Would you start Jimmy Garoppolo over Justin Herbert? 
I don't know if I started him over Herbert, but it's funny you bring up Jimmy Garoppolo because I have to roll him out in a redraft league this week. <laughs> My quarterback position has been abysmal all year, and it's so funny too because like whoever I pick up to play, I play them, and then they play terrible. They have terrible fantasy output, and the next week they go off. Yeah, and it's been just happening for like the last like three or four weeks, like. Dak Prescott one week didn't have a good week. I dropped him, get rid of him, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's it's one quarterback leagues. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, next week he goes off for twenty five. I play Derek Carr. He has like two points. Um, I play Mariota at the time. He it doesn't have a good game. The next week he goes off. Uh-huh. Like it's just been all year. The next week the guy I pick up is the guy to to to, to play. Absolutely. So for Jimmy Garoppolo, the past. Four games, he has thrown two touchdowns in each one and thrown for at least 235 yards. He's quarterback nine, quarterback nine, quarterback nine, and then quarterback 15. In leagues where it's six points for passing touchdown, he had 22 points, 20 points, 20 points, 21 points. So very clearly outplaying Justin Herbert at the moment. I would start Jimmy Garoppolo over Justin Herbert. Yeah, this week, especially playing the Chargers. I think the 49ers' defense is solidly better than the Chargers at this point in the season. Yeah, what are you laughing very hard at over there? It's just it's such a crazy statement to think people would be making at this point in the season. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, and Geno Smith, over, hands down over Justin over Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. So what happens in a fantasy season, man. Some crazy things happen during football. It's a week-to-week game here. Uh... The Indianapolis Colts, they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders. We kind of already talked about the Raiders earlier with their injuries. You're playing Devontae Adams if you want to flex Matt Collins. You're not starting Derek Carr. You're still rolling out Josh Jacobs. He's been top, what, top six running back on the year so far. Yeah. Been going off. You were giving me this weird look, man, I mean, like you were ready to say something. I was laughing I'm about just, just laughing about the Josh Jacobs uh, rumors over the over the course of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Josh, unfounded yeah, Josh assaulted a waitress. Yeah, and then like an hour later, Josh Jacobs was like on Twitter, like, "What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I haven't left the crib all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that, those were just rumors on Reddit or something like that. That's completely unfounded accusation. Yeah, it, st- it started on Twitter and spread to Reddit. Okay, so yeah, so that's some crazy stuff. So you're still starting Josh Jacobs, Keenan, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Matt Collins. Are you starting Matt Collins? I'm sorry, you're flexing Matt Collins, possibly, yep. if you're in a tight spot. If you've got some guys on a bye, some guys injured, he could do worse, man. He's been the wide receiver, too, there steady all season so far. So even when Hunter Renfro was healthy, and, I mean, they are playing the Colts. This could be a very low-volume game, so... It's very. I, I I don't advise starting Mac Collins, but I guess it's one of those guys where you could do worse if you had to start him. The opportunity is there this got, week. Yeah, he's got three games on the season with eight or more targets. So I mean, as far as like he's just a typical flex guy, but he's got good upside. I yeah. mean, he can make a big play. That's the thing with Waller and uh, Renfro out now, though. Somebody's got to start catching passes there besides just Devonte Adams or. Maybe Devontae Adams just starts getting 20 targets a game now going forward like he did last week. So, Possibility. Uh, it's a tough one. And for the Colts, Deion jo- Jackson is out for this game. So it Jonathan Taylor is healthy, and I don't even know who's in the backfield there with Zach him at this Moss, point. Zach Moss, I think. Zach Moss, and then they brought somebody else up that they've had there before. He's Jordan got Jordan Wilkins. There you go. That's who it is. So... It looks like it could be a lot of Taylor this upcoming week now that he's back and healthy because there's nobody else left. Now that we have a new coach, will they finally use their best player or will they just, you know, continually call pass plays to their ninth string tight end who they is no, just playing, Saturday was is playing his first snap from, you know, fresh out of the grocery store. Rich, he, he came in at, uh, now they, they brought him in as an honorary tank commander and... I, they could be. A, that, I, don't, I think uh, they brought him in. The, they might like him. Yeah, no, they might like him, but they also might be like, "You're not allowed to use Jonathan Taylor." <laughs> I all of the like major media outlets when they heard it, it was like, I understand being confused about the Jeff Saturday part, but like they're all very confused about why like Frank Reich was the one that had to go and like be sent out of there. Like they didn't think that it was like as much on Frank Reich as it was on other people in the organization, specifically Chris Ballard at the GM there. And, like, they start going through the roster and pointing things out and all. They're not wrong about that. Like, it's not solely on Frank Reich, but 
And at the end of the day, he has to work with what he's given, and he wasn't properly using those pieces. I mean, it's on the GM, too, for keep trying to give him these retreat quarterbacks. Like, Well, that's the, the thing. Yeah. It seems to be the debate seems to be or what people are concluding is that obviously Frank Reich was the guy like behind Carson Wentz and supporting him getting in there. But then like it also seems that now he might have been a strong compo- uh, you know, proponent for getting Matt Ryan in there as a next stopgap filler, and that's kind of why he's out is because, like, those two guys were his idea to fill in for them, and it didn't work out. And it's like, again, like you said, I was just point. I could just point to things where it's like, yeah, because his favorite play to call at first and goal (laughs) is a, you know, slant play to the third-string tight end (laughs) as opposed to handing it off to last year's leading rusher. So, I mean, like, again, he played – I felt like he played a lot of games scared – once he got a lead, like he, they were a team that would take their foot off the gas very early. Like once they cross midfield, they're just playing for a field goal at that point. And if they happen to get a touchdown, it'd be gravy. But like they're just trying not to turn the ball over and score a field goal. And, and yeah, so I I totally understand why he's out. We were proponents of it. We had suggested it before, but I like I had proposed it so. Another show or another other people and asked them to put like a tier of quarter of you know coaches who could be fired at, you know mid season or towards the end of the season and they didn't think they could be fired mid season I was like wow really with the way they're performing versus like what was expected of them like that's why I get annoyed is everyone's like well look at the roster that they have to deal with I'm like it's the roster that they had last year like how what they just keep running it back what major pieces did they lose or change other than the quarterback position which like we all everybody was totally for getting Matt Ryan, who everyone said was at least a lateral move, if not an upgrade, at the quarterback position. Now all of a sudden it's... Wrong, man. Yeah, now all of a sudden it's they don't have the roster around them, but it's like they had this roster, you know, the it's the same roster. They still have Jonathan Taylor, they still have Michael Pittman, they added Alec Pierce, they still have their offensive line there. The offensive line isn't playing well, but... That's another reason I think they looked at Saturday, too. Former offensive line, maybe you can get them figured out, get their issues ironed out, you know? Can't, I can't speak to this one. I'm just trying for all the Jonathan Taylor copium I can right uh-huh. here. He's you just know, got like, hopping on it, dude. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it just requires a little bit of better scheming. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like Jonathan Taylor's plays were really limited to HB dive up the middle right against the a loaded box. Yeah, run, run into an eight, nine-man box, the entire brick wall. There you go. And, it's like, and then we, Naeem Hines would come in and get, like, an off-tackle or, like, something yeah. out, like, a little more creative. Like, it's like, can we try a toss here? Can we do, like, a, you know, a, a trap play? Yeah, right. and, Pull a guard, like what? What are we doing here? Let's get some Maybe a little counteraction. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's enough about that game. Let's move on then. Looking at two guys coming out of the same game that are, again, just the kind of the thing I'm saying. Roster cloggers here. It's Gabe Davis and Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, so I'm starting Gabe Davis without Josh Allen. You can't without Josh Allen. So he's hour by hour, so that's a, I guess Gabe Davis is also hour by hour. Well, what surprised me is Gabe Davis is on ninety three point six percent of leagues, and Gabe Davis has kind of had a season like Mike Williams, where he's real hit and miss. Although I feel like he hasn't hit anywhere near as yeah. many times as Mike Williams has, no. and he doesn't hit as high when he is hitting. So well, he did have the, the thirty two point game. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'll take a look here right now, but yeah, he had, he's like a poor man's, a very poor man's version of. The guy hits Likewise. thirty, like that'll buy him a couple a couple weeks on a bench, like longer than another guy. So I guess that's kind of the question: is as is this is this the week where we no longer care about that and we're ready to let go of him? Between the Josh Allen injury and the fact that even with Josh Allen, he hasn't been particularly effective. I mean, five point three points last week. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's he's 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 on the border. And their um, offense as a whole kind of struggled against the Jets last week. I don't know, uh, like. That Jets D doesn't seem that bad. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, pretty good. Jets D is is pretty good, yeah. yeah. So his finishes on the year, wide receiver 13, wide receiver 66, 87, wide receiver 1, 18, 61, 45. Yeah. So he's had three finishes inside the top 20, only one inside the top 10. And then the other four were all wide receiver 45 or worse. He has had one game with seven targets. And then a couple games with five and six targets. But he's not, like, getting peppered any game with ten targets. We know he's kind of a big play kind of guy, but... He's there to take the top off. And if 
it works well because Josh Allen can do that. He has a really good ability to do that, and Davis has a good ability to make those plays. But, you know, obviously you can't do that that often, you know. So I guess he'd be a guy I'd be looking to trade because he's just, again, he's one of those guys where it's like I'm looking at Pittman where it's like I'm never going to know which week I actually want to throw him out there and start him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his variance, unlike Pittman, doesn't seem to be matchup dependent. Like it's not due to a lack of skill of his quarterback. It's just a matter of. I don't even know what decides each week. It doesn't matter if he's going to catch that big 50-50 play and score a touchdown. You can't predict that. So, essentially, that's why he's a roster clogger is because I can't confidently start him, so then he's on my bench, and it's like, well, I don't want to drop him because he could go up. But so, like... Can't start him confidently, can't drop him confidently. Right, so he's just kind of just filling up this space yep. and taking up, you know, a bench and just one of those things at the end of the season where you'd be like, well, I had, you know, Gabe Davis didn't work out for me, and... So I'd be looking to. I guess I'm looking to move Gabe Davis if I can. Uh, I think in a league I might have dropped him to pick up some other guys that uh, I needed to fill in. I think it was de- uh, I was hit hard at running back in that league, so I had to try to grab some running backs and I had other wide receivers. But yeah, I, again, just surprised. Ninety three point six percent of leagues, Gabe Davis is still on a roster. So flip over to Devin Singletary, ninety one point five percent rostered in ESPN leagues. I guess that has to do with how thin the running back position is. I'm sure if we looked and compared, scoring overall is probably down from this year to last year. Like but it. it definitely feels that way. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure but it feels like that for sure. So, Devin Singletary has had two finishes. He's an RB4 finish and an RB14 finish. Other than that, every other finish was RB23 or worse. So, he's typically performing as a RB3, sort of a flex play running back. So that's what I mean. Are you, are you confidently starting him every week as an RB2? I don't know that you want to flex him over a wide receiver. You probably know with upside. So is he? he's just kind of on your bench as an insurance policy in case you lose another running that's, back, That's right? what he was. To, like, I, I, don't know. I always, coming into the season, I have the same way last year with Singletary. Like, that's exactly how I view him. He's a bi-week fill-in. You know, an emergency use type of guy that, like, you, you throw in if you have to. Like, with, with how the injuries happen to the running back position and, you know, with it not being anywhere near as, as deep as wide receivers, it's like, I like having a guy like that who I, I can I be, feel okay about putting him in there in an emergency better than going to get some type of prayer off the waiver wire, you know? Yeah, okay. Like, he, he holds a, a little bit of value for me in that situation. Um, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about him? Uh, kind of the same way where you're, he's only really just used as a bye week yeah. fill-in or if some like, you know, injury happens and you just need somebody to be scoring points for you and you don't want to have to play Melvin Gordon or Latavius Murray or guys like that, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like you said, so that's uh, it's, it's just kind of what he is, man. He's, you're holding him on your roster, he's taking up a spot, but you're not really using him unless something goes wrong for your team, so... Then the Buffalo Bills are playing the Minnesota Vikings this week again, as we talked about. So, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Are we still? We're starting Justin Jefferson. We're starting Dalvin Cook. Starting T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, absolutely. What about? So I guess the questions there are Alvin or uh, Adam Thielen and and Kirk Cousins. I've been starting Kirk every game this season. I've started him in, in my twelve man league. Him in first place. Been starting Kirk all year. I'm starting him again. <laughs> He's that guy. I mean, I don't know if he is, but you know, he seems to have the right magic for my fantasy team. That video of him without a shirt on, wearing all yeah, all the chains is really funny. <laughs> Great. In comparison to his like post game press conference, where he looks like just somebody's suburban dad. He, he was on the Manning cast on uh, Monday night. Uh huh. And yeah, it's just he just looked like just like a normal dude. Like he yeah. doesn't look like a football player. Yeah. <laughs> Two or more touchdowns in his last three games. Didn't have a whole lot of yards in the Miami game as far as passing goes, but yeah, he's uh, he's been a solid he's been a solid quarterback for you this year. He doesn't really his floor's never really fallen out. He's not had like a five or six point game and killed you like some of the other guys. So been steady, yeah. yeah, he's not going to put you over the top. But again, uh, I think at this point you have to accept that there's only like two quarterbacks: Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and 
you know, maybe Jalen Hurts that are going to put you over the top, and then everybody else has just got to get you enough points to right. to keep you there, and you got to get over the top at you know other wide receiver position essentially at this point because you're not really doing that at running back unless you have oh I got some CMC guys. or I got some guys that run. I got some. I got horses at RB. Yeah, yeah. I got some horses there, man. Get lucky with some draft picks, you know, the mid rounds, you know. Guy let, guys let Josh Jacobs fall to like the sixth round. Like scooped him up there. Ramondre Stevenson late, Kenneth Walker late. Yeah. Trade, you know, pop the trade off for Mixon. Uh-huh. Like, we got guys there. We got guys. <laughs> Richard's trying to flex his uh, RB stable over here. <laughs> yeah, not everybody can do that. Yeah. You know, feel good about it. And then with no – so we don't expect Josh Allen to play. We're still starting Stephon Diggs. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you have to have start to. him. Okay. What about Dawson Knox? Any of the other running backs? And James, or was it's James Cook, right? Is the other running back there at the moment? Yeah. James. Yeah. How much did Naeem Hines, Hines get used last week? His debut for the Bills. That is a good question. James Cook is droppable. Um, so Hines. James Cook is droppable, is that what you said, Cole? Yeah. Yeah, redraft, yeah. Hines last week was week nine. He got six percent of the snaps. He got one target in the receiving game. And no, no carries. No, no carries. carries. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's his first <laughs> week, right? Yeah. On the team side, so, I mean, yeah. So despite how good we think the Bills' offense are, you're starting Stephon Diggs, and that's pretty much it in this offense this week, especially yeah, with no Josh. I, mean, I, I could. Yeah. You could make a case. For Dawson Knox, you think with the backup quarterback, if Josh Allen doesn't play, he might feed the tight end a little bit more. Yeah. Case yeah. we've made. So I, I, I would understand that, but I don't know if you do that comfortably. Yeah. But at that, 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 again, a, that the tight end position, tart, yeah, what, are you, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, you're dark probably throws. starting him anyway. Yeah. So Diggs is a lock, and uh, Dawson Knox is a if you must. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We're going to do an episode like that. So trust, bust, or must. I don't trust anybody on my teams. Yeah. <laughs> no faith. Well, not in your yeah. dynasty and your redraft. Yeah. Well, you don't trust Kenneth Runner? I got I guess I guess I can trust Kenneth Runner for now. All right. And so the, we're going to move on to the next team. Got three players on this next team whose roster percentage I was a little bit surprised with. So we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Juju Smith Schuster is rostered in 93.3% of fantasy leagues. Yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. Miko Hardman, 54.6% of leagues. And CEH, 86.6% of leagues in uh, ESPN. He is still rostered. 86.6 for CEH. Start with the spicy one. Are you ready to drop CEH? I think you can. Yeah. In a redraft league? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Ooh, yeah, I haven't even looked at his stats, but this is brutal. <laughs> so he has had his past... Four games that he's played, 6.5 points, 3.3 points, 9.2, and 2.9. Yikes. Yeah, it's brutal. They keep starting uh, Pacheco, but he's not getting a ton of volume of work either. It's just like, yeah. I don't know if it was just game script because one Tennessee's great uh-huh. at stopping the run, and, and the Chiefs obviously had something figured out with the pass. Um I don't, I don't know what to make of that running back situation. Like, it's a clear three-man committee. And you don't want a piece of it. Yeah. No. Once Jarek McKinnon started getting involved, Clyde Arizalea lost his receiving game involvement. So, like, the first, you know, three weeks, three targets, four targets, five targets. And then just after that, two. He did have four, but then zero, one, two. He's just not getting targeted in the receiving game anymore. So, you know, unless there's going to be a trick touchdown play to him, which it seems like they used him all up at the beginning of the season. I, again, I think you can drop him in, in redraft yeah, leagues. I don't. I think it's fair. It's, I because like this is one of those things where it's like I don't even know like you know what would have to happen for you to start Ceh. Like even if you suffer an injury to one of your starting running backs, are you going to fill that in with Ceh at the moment, <laughs> or like is this like hoping that Jarek McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco goes down and they limit this to a two-man backfield and then maybe he's flex worthy, like? You know, I don't feel like he has the same sort of value Devin Singletary did because he's not even getting enough volume where you could say there's he could potentially have a safe floor. No, his floor is 2.9 like, points. Singletary is still the lead man there. He's just, like, the Bills don't give him a ton of work. Right. Like, they want to throw the ball. Josh Allen runs it. Like, but CEH, he's, he's, he's got way too many like, He's not getting the, the same volume and the same share of the offense that Singletary's getting. That's why, what makes Singletary a hold and makes CEH a drop. He only has, CEH only has one game this year 
above 10 attempts in the rushing game. And it kind of looks like in the first half of the season, he was just like, I mean, he got a couple touch two games he had touchdowns, and he was... Some receiving yeah, work. Yeah, he was getting receiving work. Yeah, it's just like... And that's all going away. So. Yeah. The last three games, he had nine touches, uh, six rushing attempts, and then a target in the game after that, and then four rushing attempts and two targets. So, like, his... Even, like, his total opportunities are going down the last three weeks from yeah. where they're at. So, yeah, he should be he should not be rostered in 86.6% of ESPN leagues. I don't know what's going on out there. And he's just, like, one of those guys you hang on and hope that – I feel like a lot of if, – if he's rostered in a lot of places, it's because people have the luxury of rostering him. Yeah. What about this next guy, Juju Smith-Schuster? He's come on the last, you know – yeah, go ahead. He's come on the last three weeks. He finished the wide receiver seven, wide receiver four, and wide receiver eight. Clear buy for me. If you can buy him, he's a clear buy. I mean, uh, you see what he's – normally it takes a couple weeks for the guy to get chemistry down with a new quarterback, and it seems like he's got that figured out after his performance with the last three weeks. He's been clear the clear number one wide receiver. I won't say number one receiver because that's, that's Travis Kelsey. But the number one wide out, he's, he's been getting those looks and that type of volume in the touchdowns. He had t- 12 targets last week, eight the game before that. Um, two out of the three games, he was over 100 yards with a touchdown. Um, it just seems like he's got something figured out with, with Mahomes, and they're going to lean on that the rest of the season. He's got a ni- nice matchup against Jacksonville this week, too. So he's kind of moving out of like – so he was a guy that was clogging your roster, but now he's moving into more of a reliable yeah, seems like start. Yeah, Position. So they're playing the Jaguars this week, then Chargers, Rams. Their defense is still kind of good. Just, uh, Juju's quietly wide receiver 20. Yeah. Very quietly right there in that wide receiver. Because of those category. last three weeks yeah. where he's gone off. Yeah. And I mean, just think about how inconsistent all the wide receivers have been across the league this season, except for Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. Even Justin Jefferson had a few down games there, right? DeAndre Hopkins hasn't played, so, like, where, like, you know. A.J. Brown's been pretty consistent, only one game in single digits. There you go. So, yeah, so we've got, like, four We've got four to five consistent wide receivers who have been putting up points, and then everywhere else kind of fluctuates. That's why it's harder this season for me to trust those just roll wide, like, oh, this is what this guy is on the season. It's like, yeah, but, like, everybody's playing the season like they're Mike Williams or something where they're going to be wide receiver 50 one week and then the next week they're going to be wide receiver tw- 10. Can we just get a little bit more consistency from everybody out here? Nope. You have to be able to look into the crystal ball and figure out which week is the week they're going to be wide receiver 8. And so, yeah, I was, I guess I was just a little late to the Smith-Schuster party, but he is a guy that's moving out of the roster cloggers and more to a starting lineup. What about Miko Hardman then on the other side? Rostered in 54.6% of leagues. Ride the hot hand. Is, is, he, is he healthy? He may have some, some flex value. He outscored... He outscored... Uh, what's his name the past two weeks? He's actually out this upcoming week. Yeah, he's He's out. injured. Yep. But last week he w- had more points. He... I think he scored touchdowns. He was wide receiver six, 19.9, and then they had the bye in the week before that against San Francisco. He was wide receiver three at 28 points. Double touchdowns. Yeah, he came on these two games as well. He didn't, but... He needs touchdowns to be... Yeah, week seven, he only had four targets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just don't see him consistently getting TDs. Yeah. Three touchdowns in his last... He's had a touchdown in his last... Each of his last three games. Yeah. So that's kind of what's propped up his value. And... that's so, you know, I was just surprised he was rostered for 54.6% of leagues because it's like, are you re- is that really what you're going to be counting on? It's like, he's popped up. Because then if you just take these two things simultaneously and look at them, it's like, which one of these guys do we imagine going forward you'd rather have? And it's Smith-Schuster, he's more that's volume. why he's rostered. Yeah. When he's getting more volume, it's like, Way Nicole is volume, really only getting yeah. this off of the touchdown. Just like, I was just surprised at how many people were desperate to have a guy like that where it's like, oh, well. You can sell him. I think you should. Yeah. If someone's willing to buy, I think it's he's a nice sell. Yeah, yeah it's going to be hard because he's out at the mo- or out for this upcoming game, but yeah. yeah. All right. And then flip side of that, the Chiefs are playing Jacksonville this week. Who are we starting on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Travis Etienne, and that's it? Maybe, Maybe Trevor uh, Lawrence? Yeah. I mean, the, the Chiefs can be passed on a bit. Um, so if you want to fire up Christian Kirk, I I wouldn't, I don't hate it. I have to. <laughs> I have to fire him up in a league. I got people on buys and injuries and whatnot. Got Joe Mixon and T Higgins in that league, so they're both on a both on a buy this week. Yeah, I'm feeling in, in the one thing I got everybody's on the buy. 
I have to flex MVS. <laughs> like it's, uh, That's rough. Yeah, T. Higgins, Mixon, Stevenson, Jacoby Myers. Um, it's rough. Uh, Dobbins is still hurt. Yeah. Uh, like, my whole entire bench is just... Like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, MVS, this is your time to shine this week, man. Yeah, I got, uh, I got Daniel Dimes going, and... Uh, <laughs> Or Danny Dollars this year, and uh, then I also have uh, slotting that Kadarius Tony. Although I'm not sure if I'm going to start him yet, but I mean, it's either him or Alec Pierce. It's either him or Alec Pierce. You might, you know, you might. You could. It it, it could go off, or you could roll snake eyes, man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. No, exactly. That's what I'm totally expecting. So, but it's okay. I mean, you played football last week, right? So. Who did? Uh, Kadarius Tony. He did play he football. He did play football. He did he play did, football. He is a wide receiver playing football he, for the New York Giants. He's that, in the league. That is not. That is something not many people can say. There are not yeah. many wide receivers that are actually playing football for the New York Giants at the moment. So, all right, moving on then. Next game we'll look, uh, we're going to look at, we've got Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers, rostered in 91.1% of leagues. I feel like he's been kind of disappointing this season. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Quite a bit. So, yeah, his best wide receiver finish on the season is wide receiver 23. His last three games that they played, wide receiver 43, 44, and 50. So I was surprised he was still rostered, especially because they're coming out of a bye on 91% of leagues. Is this uh, is this a name value thing? Is this we're right. hoping that with Chase Claypool gone, there's a little more volume for so, him? You, know, you also take into account the, the pick volume. that a lot of people put into him. And, 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 you know, they yeah. drafted him with the fourth round, yeah. the third, fourth, fifth round, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to cut that pick loose, you know? But, it, yeah. And it, it's still it's it's still intriguing because they got rid of Claypool, mm-hmm. and it's what what. What could it be now? Is he going to get more volume? But I think that's a perfect selling point yeah. for somebody. Yeah. Like, man, Claypool's gone. Like, Deontay Johnson's really about to go off now, and you might be able to sell him for something. But that. And it's hard because how much more volume can he get? 12, 10, he 12 targets, <laughs> 10, 11, 4, 13, 7, 10, 9. Like, he's, at, he's hovering around 10 targets a game here. I don't. His He has no touchdowns this year. Uh, he. When he gets targeted a ton, and they can't do anything with it. Like, I mean, his targets are, like, I mean, he even when he catches the, the when he catches the ball, like he doesn't get that many yards. Like his yards per target <laughs> over the past <laughs> over the past couple games, so we got two point seven five yards per target, four point six, yeah, four four point two, three point eight nine. He's getting about four yards per target. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the QB play is just the, awful. The whole Steelers are terrible. So the, the per catch is uh, the past couple games five and a half, twelve, five and a half, eight point four seven. So he's not even hitting ten yards per catch. So he's, like, he, yeah. How he, many catches do you need to get to and uh, the you know for eight, and then yards with that now to be nine? Has he hit, that yeah. would be what? So you get eight or nine, and you're averaging about eight, nine yards a catch. You're looking at about 70 to 80-so yards there, and that'll get you at 16 points if you manage to catch eight balls or yeah. something like that. Nine balls for 80 yards. <laughs> Him and uh, Pittman are in uh, their cellmates in QB prison. <laughs> yeah. So, like you said, I'd be trying to sell Deontay Johnson to get something out of him. He's a guy I'd be looking to move off of the roster. Like, again, that's... I'd much rather have George Pickens in a dynasty on that team at this point. For sure. In a dynasty, yeah. yeah. redraft, I think. Oh, yeah, and redraft, too, probably. He's yeah. just making the big plays is what it is. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, and then Pat Frymuth, you're starting in this game. I hope you're not starting Kenny Pickett. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know who the third wide receiver on the Steelers is at this point with Chase Claypool gone. It doesn't yeah, really Frymuth. matter. <laughs> yeah. We already said you're starting Frymuth. And then Najee Harris. <laughs> Start him because you have yeah, to. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have him on your redraft team, there's nobody else that you I'm probably. Hold my you, nose yeah. and I'm going to start him. Yep. Cross your fingers. I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> he's playing at least seventy percent of the snaps, and they say 
you know, what's his name? Jaden Moore, Jalen Warren was going to get a little more involved, but like, what does that mean? He's going to get a little more involved. What's exactly. actually he goes touch from seventy percent of snaps to like sixty-five? Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. What is that? It's rough with Najee. So. Again, he's getting around. He he seems to be nice, steadily averaging 11 points a week for you there. So at least you know what you're getting out of him. But I don't Ceiling's know. just not there, man. Yeah, maybe with Claypool gone, they'll start involving him more in the you know passing game. He's actually been getting some targets in the last few games. Maybe just maybe something. I don't know. It's hard. It's it's mostly due to the offensive line, yeah. and that's not going to change this season. So. If you've been rolled with Najee, you're going to have to keep rolling with Najee. I don't really see too many options out there to pick up and start over him. And on the flip side of that, they're playing the New Orleans Saints. You're starting Chris Olave. You're starting Alvin Kamara. Anybody else from the New Orleans Saints? Andy Dalton? I mean, no. Yeah. Maybe in certain matchups you can target him. Yeah. Taysom Hill, I guess this if you want to take one, Taysom right. Hill, if you want to take a dart throw at a oh Taysom Hill, he's he's fired up in my one league. Yeah. It's Kyle Pitts or him every week, and I just look at it and I'm like, <laughs> it's, always Taysom, Hill, it's yeah. always Taysom Hill. It's always Taysom Hill. Even with Kyle Pitts on the Thursday night game, um, his what do you have four points or whatever? Yeah, it was rough. But speaking of the Thursday night game, I saw this. And I wanted to mention it before we got into it, but we jumped into it. Um, you guys see Tyler Algier had minus 17 receiving yards last night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike had brought that up earlier and was talking it, to us about it that. Seen that. Who had the, on air, but. Had, had the most, or I'm sorry, the least receiving yards in a game in no. NFL history? Is it somebody on the Eagles? No. Chris Warren in Seattle, from uh, from Seattle, November 19th, 1995. Three catches, minus 24 yards. Well, close. Yeah. Almost got there. Tyler Algier comes in fifth. Oh, wow. All, all time list, minus 17. Not that close. Yeah. list. Making history out here. Jamie Caleb, five catches, minus 18. Jerry Hill, two catches, minus 19. Nate Washington, one catch, minus 20, uh, 22 yards. <laughs> Chris Warren, minus 24. All right, so those are your top holders for <laughs> fewest receiving yards in a game. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up this episode. That's going to be everything from us for today. We're going to come back and finish looking at some other roster cloggers and maybe some guys that you can add if you're going to get rid of some of these guys. But until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich out. Mike Quill. Later.